Hey, baby. Hello. Hola. You look in top form. Do I? Is it possible because we've been out on a date? We were on a date. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. We went uh, to go and see Brian Regan. Regan or Reagan? I think it's Regan. Brian Regan, who's a comedian, who is awesome, totally clean content, very funny, very expressive. Um, and it was at the Ryman Auditorium. It was. I love the Ryman. I never understand why people love it. It's old. It's old, but lovely. I, it's not lovely. You sit on church pews, for goodness sake. I like the Ryman. All right, and, 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 and I like the history about, of, the, of the Ryman. Sure. Uh, and then we went to Adele's. Well, we technically went to Adele's first. We did. And had dinner there. We did. And you had amazing gnocchi. Yeah, it was so good. I don't actually know how you pronounce gnocchi. Yonki. But there's no n before the k. Yonki. I know, but I'm just saying I had an Italian roommate, and that's what she told me how to say it. She had a speech impediment? Uh, maybe. Poor baby. I know. <laughs> but it was really good. It was like with winter squash and... It was delicious. It was the closest I've ever had to savory marshmallow. Uh, It had the texture of soft, pillowy goodness. It was delicious. But not marshmallow. Well, marshmallow texture. No. Okay. I don't like marshmallow texture. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we had a great date. You know what else we had a great date with? Who? What? (laughs) (laughs) We had a sushi date with Micah John. We did. He tried his first sushi. He did. No. Lest everyone call child services, it wasn't raw fish. No. But he didn't like it. He wasn't too fond of the seaweed. He just wanted edamame. Yeah. The child can pack edamame away. He was not interested in even chicken nuggets and fries if there's edamame. He just wants those. You know what else I need to update our listeners on? What? I thought you were going to update me on something. I'm like, what else did you feed our child? Nothing. No, no. <laughs> we need to update our listeners on the hippie nonsense. The hippie nonsense? Yeah, we do. You challenged me last week to take the essential oils of peppermint, lemon, and lavender. Mm-hmm. And we've since realized we were doing it wrong. We were diffusing one drop of each into water and drinking it. That's not what I was doing, but anyway, yeah. I was I was doing two drops of each in water three times a day, which would be a total of six drops. Right. But we learned that we were doing it wrong because we are diluting it. Rather, what we are supposed to do is put five drops of each in a glycerin capsule, swallow the whole capsule. Right. And take them twice a day. Well, technically you're supposed to take it once a day, but you're taking it twice a day at the moment to get your build up up or something. Right. It's all scientific. It's very scientific. Hence the hippie nonsense. However. However. It doesn't work at all. You're lying. (laughs) I am. (laughs) It has dramatically reduced my reaction to allergies. But But I don't know if that's just this week we've had lots of rain. So maybe the rain yeah. has kept the pollen at bay. It's not the way it works. Oh, okay. Well, I, neither of us know how it works. But I will say, taking those little capsules is like little peppermint bombs that go off in your tummy and then make your belches absolutely foul. And the smell of lavender. Oh, or lemon or peppermint is just nasty. But I have suffered way less with sneezing and allergies. You really have. And I have suffered way less with your snoring. I would say it's a 90% reduction. See? In snoring? I snore. You Like you're shocked? No, I didn't realize this was stopping the snoring. It's not stopping it. It's just making it so that I can actually sleep. It's I'm, less. It's, oh, it's you're, less. You're snoring less loudly. Oh, because and I'm not reacting to There's less <laughs> going on while you're sleeping. Okay, that's yeah. good. 
we said this week we were going to live adventurously. And so not only did we try Adele's, which was new, um, you tried a very strange tea with rose Hibiscus petals or rose. something. Yeah, well, it's... But you liked it. I had so many man points this week, I could try a flowery drink. Yeah, you. I mean, you were so manly this mm-hmm. week. It was, But you're really manly anyway. It's ridiculous. Really. I'm practically bursting out of the shirt. And that is right why reasons. MJ calls you the man. He calls me the big man. The big man. Um, Daddy, you big man. Daddy, you big man. <laughs> you're like, that's right, son. And... um. And then we also went to Swanky's Taco Shop. Well, we need to back up because we also went to the local taco. I'm, we, ba- I'm back we, on a taco diet. All taco. All taco. All taco. All day. All day long. I finished speaking at church this morning, and I was. it was the joy set before me was tacos. Wow. I'm wondering, and I, I, please forgive me, if our British listeners know what tacos are. Now, forgive me if that's incredibly patronizing or patronizing. But Either one of those. But I don't think I ever ate tacos when I was in Scotland. That's very strange. And I don't think I could have told you the difference between a taco, a burrito, and enchilada. So, for the benefit of our listeners, right. a taco is basically a Mexican sandwich. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, What, an enchilada? A wrapped up Mexican sandwich with sauce on it. An enchilada, another Mexican sandwich. <laughs> well, a fajita, a build-your-own-Mexican sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I just snorted. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. What I mean by that is mm-hmm. the staple food in a British diet is a sandwich. Two pieces of bread with some filling in the middle. That is one of the most terrifying pieces of information I've ever heard. But it's true. I know. Horrible. A taco is basically one continuous piece of bread. In this case, a flour flat piece of <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the, Listen, the you want to try becomes... tacos. If you don't know what a taco is, um, I'm sorry. But, you know, I again, again, pardon my ignorance, but I don't think I ever tried proper tacos till I came here. Oh, okay. All I'd say we went to local taco and then we went to Swanky's taco shop. Yes. And had some amazing fish tacos. You did, yes. And shrimp tacos. Mm-hmm. And steak tacos. Yes. Once I find a good place, I do want to work through the menu and make sure that I have tried all our tacos so I know. However, possibly the most exciting part of our weekend. Was my Tarzan outfit? Yes, as you spoke at church this morning. <laughs> in Lycra. Mm-hmm. That's no. a terrible vision. Yeah, just erase that from your minds, people. Yeah, I spoke at church this morning. You did? It's always fun to speak on a Sunday morning. It's yeah. a di- different crowd. It. Mm-hmm. And it feels like you get two different audiences, first service and second service. You totally do. Both equally resplendent, but you, or at least I find myself adjusting the way I speak to cater for both audiences, which is great. I love that experience. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. And you spoke on a tale of two saws. Yeah, just basically, I think the thing I've been pondering for the last couple of months is the importance of believing God. I know that sounds absurd, but I think there's a danger that we believe God and then we stop believing God. Mm-hmm. But because he's always taking us from glory to glory, the path from one level of glory to the next level of glory requires belief. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at the two Sauls in Scripture, you know, King Saul and then Saul of Tarsus, who later became the Apostle Paul. And I you know, was reading them in parallel and thinking both of these Sauls had an incredible encounter with the Lord. Saul with the prophet Samuel, 
who, I mean, if you read that encounter, it's just staggering. It's an incredible encounter. And then Saul, who, of course, meets the Lord on the road to Damascus. They both have an incredible destiny. Yeah. I mean, Saul gets called out as the king of Israel, mm-hmm. and Saul gets called out as an apostle to the Gentiles. And they both have incredible destinies waiting for them, and yet only one of them actually believes God. Yeah, the response is completely different. Mm-hmm. And so Saul, it actually says, the Lord said to Samuel, I wish I'd never made Saul king. Yeah, Which has got to be one of the saddest verses in Scripture. And so anyway, I was just, you know, I was sharing on these two things, and I was sharing how it's, it's possible to opt out of your destiny. Mm-hmm. It's possible that God could set things up, could give you incredible future, and you decide not to step into it, which I think would be tragic. I'll tell you another thing I was thinking about was John Paul Jackson's memorial. You know, it was a couple of weeks ago. I may have mentioned this on the podcast. And his, uh, one of his old friends was on, on this memorial video I was watching. And he was saying, you know, I, when I know, knew John Paul, we used to drive to work every day. He was an, an executive for the same company we worked in. He wasn't in ministry, didn't think he'd ever be called in ministry. And whenever I brought up the topic, John Paul would just say, oh, no, I, you know, I, I'm not prophetic. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I've got a call in ministry. I don't think, you know, I've got anything to offer in that realm. And I'm thinking if he kept listening to that voice, the whole world would have been robbed from the incredible ministry that John Paul had. Mm-hmm. Like he was hugely influential for me in learning to prophesy and learning to, you know, minister prophetically. He had a huge, profound impact on me. And so I just, I was thinking about like how often do we slow down what God's doing in our life because of unbelief? Right. And actually the encouragement to believe God. Yeah. You know, oh, well, I'm just thinking, you know, we, one of the things that we always say is prophecy is always an invitation. And I think sometimes people treat prophecy like it's a given. And it right. is actually an invitation. It's It requires your response. It requires you to activate your faith. It requires you to pursue the things of God. Um, and I don't mean crowbar your way into anything, but I mean be saying yes as you're as doing... As a response. Yeah. As you're doing whatever you are currently being faithful in, be saying yes to whatever it is that he's um, creating for your destiny, you know? So... Yeah, there is an often a sense of, you know, in some conversations I've had with people where they think the prophecy is a done deal. Mm-hmm. Like it's this kind of fatalistic thing. Well, if it's God, it'll happen. And if it's not, it won't. And you're like, ah, not really. Doesn't work that way. Yeah, you actually get to partner with it. I mean, Saul, who later became Paul, could have listened to Ananias' words and was like, well, I don't think it's really me. And I don't think they'll believe me. And, you know, I've done all these bad things. and But instead, he actually chose to believe what God said. And you see that as a mark through all of his writings. Mm-hmm. You know, his every letter is he states that he is Paul, an apostle called by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he could have said, well, you know, I'm not like a real apostle because they got to walk with Jesus and I didn't. And No, he didn't excuse himself. And I, Graham Cook says this wonderful thing, that God meets us with who we are and we meet him with who we're not. Yeah, it's totally true. Our first response is to say no to God. Mm-hmm. And you see that all the way through Scripture with Moses, with Sarah, with Abraham, you know, the list goes on and on with Gideon, with Saul. You know, people just go, no, Jeremiah, I'm I'm not a prophet. You know, I'm just this young boy. And I wonder why it's so hard to believe God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just probably because we've got so used to listening to the enemy and we think the enemy's voice is the norm. So we've spent years listening to why we're not qualified. 
mm-hmm. which is tragic. Yeah, it really is. I got this great quote from Stephen Furtick, who is my sister's pastor out in North Carolina. He said this, if you're not daring to believe God for the impossible, you're sleeping through some of the best parts of your Christian life. And further still, if the size of your vision or your life isn't intimidating to you, there's a good chance it's insulting to God. Huh. Two years ago, some more conference, we had David Wagner mm-hmm. and Gary Morgan in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think even Gary was ministering. Was he? Gary and Sarah no, came over. No, they were just visiting. They were just hanging out with us. And mm-hmm. So who were the speakers at the conference? Lyle. Lyle Phillips, mm-hmm. David Wagner, and Brian and Katie Torwalt were in mm-hmm. worship. And the final night of the service kind of got hijacked. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Talk me through what happened there, because that was one of your moments where you actually had to say enough is enough and I believe God. Well, the, you know, the sort of backstory on it was right before we uh, moved down here, um, we had this sort of weird conversation slash interchange with Bob Jones. And uh, in the process of that, he said to me, you know, you're a prophet. And and I was like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Okay, thanks, you know, and just sort of wrote it off. And then we... Had a girl. Well, we we moved down here and it was only after a couple of months we ended up um, hosting, was it Sharon Stone? Yeah, we've hosted a bunch of people, but Sharon was one of the she ones. She was one of the yeah. ones. And we're sitting there at lunch with her and all of a sudden in the middle of lunch, she turns around and says, prophetess, 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 and starts prophesying over me about being prophet. And I'm like... Okay, you know. Could you pass the salt, please? Right. And then um, I'm trying to think who, there was some... Sean Bowles. Sean Bowles. Chris Vallotton. And then Chris Vallotton was the one that kind of messed me up a bit because um, we had, you know, gone out for dinner with him and, you know, Jeff and Becky and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think you had driven home to get something. And so I drove back with Chris and with Jeff. And as we were leaving the car... And we're just walking across the parking lot. Chris said, you know, you're a prophet, right? And I just turned around and I looked at him and I totally felt like a deer in headlights. And I just said, uh, well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, I know I'm prophetic and, you know, whatever. Like I just sort of was all shook up. And he said, AJ, you know, you're never actually going to be a prophet until you actually start agreeing with God. Which is great because Graham... Cook, when he was here, said the same thing. He was talking about his journey mm-hmm. into into the prophetic office, and he had a similar experience. You're not going to believe, you're not going to function in what you are until you believe what God says you are. Right. But that hurdle feels enormous, doesn't it? It feels like you're moving in presumption. Pretentious. If, it yeah, feels, oh, it feels like, like self-promoting. It feels all kinds of things. So after, after that, um, a couple of months later, I went out to do... Patricia King's TV show. That's right. And Patricia King has been somebody who's been significant for me for like 20 years. And so whenever we'd be in the same town or same city, we would always get a meal together. And she's just really spoken life to me and encouraged me in a lot of ways and encouraged me when I stepped up into ministry and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I I went to do the show and then we went out for lunch. And after lunch, I we were just sitting there. It was as um, Patricia and Ron and myself, and this other fellow was really nice as a prophet from Canada. I can't remember what his name was. And um, 
so Patricia just said, so what's going on with you? And I said, can I run something by you? Because you've known me. And and I'm kind of thinking Patricia's going to go, oh, they just mean prophetic. You know, like, so I'm repeating, you know, this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. And then Chris said this to me, isn't that outrageous? You know, not qu- I wasn't quite saying it that way, but I was right. just like, you that know. That was your inference. Right. And, uh, and she said, well, let me tell you a story. So she told me a story about about her that was really, really similar. And um, she came to the end of that story and she said, you know, I went to this person who was a friend of mine who was in ministry and um, I felt like I was totally not what they had said that I was. And I was sitting in his office and he said, you know, Patricia, until you agree with God, you're not going to be what you, you know, what he said you are. And, right. and he had made her stay in his office for like an hour and a half or something until she would agree and actually say, I am a prophet. And so she said it took her, you know, she's like, it took me a really long time, but the meeting had already started and, you know, whatever. So finally I said it and he let me out of his office, but she said something changed. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, and I'm thinking, I'm so encouraged. And, but Ron and I should have left like 10 minutes ago to get to the airport. So I was like, okay, thank you for sharing that and everything. And she goes, oh no, AJ, you're not leaving this table until you say it. And I was like, (laughs) well, what? And she's like, no, I want you to say it. And and I just burst into tears. And I was like, Patricia, I can't. It's so presumptuous. It's so like self-promoting or whatever. And she's like, you're not the one that's been saying it. Everybody else has and right. whatever. And so anyway, by the end, I, I did say it. And it was funny because I said it pretty quietly. And she said, you need to say it again. And the other prophetic guy was like, yeah, you do. And so I said it again. She's like, one more time. And when I said it the third time, I... I heard like a clap right behind my head, like a pop, but really loud. And she goes, it's done. Okay, Ron, you better get her to the airport. You know, and that was it. We just laughed. So amazing. But still, that was like in the fall, and it wasn't until the following May right. that this whole thing happened where in the morning... Oh, yes, I forgot. This is the story I want you to tell. In the morning during church, I was emceeing, and... The presence of the Lord was so strong, and I heard him say, take off your shoes. And so I I took off my shoes, which was fine. And then I just wept. Like, I wept all the way through emceeing the meeting, and then Jeff got up to try and help me, and he started crying. I mean, it was just, like, super, super intense. It was a snot fest. It was a snot fest, for sure. And I knew God was doing something, and I... I'm, I'd probably have to look back at my journal because I knew he was, there was a whole bunch of different things that he was showing me. And I was just like, okay. And um, I was hearing things. And, you know, it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm fully dialed in here. And this is a pretty overwhelming. And um, so we went out for lunch with all the speakers and whatever. And when we were leaving the building, like I went to put my shoes on at the front and I felt like the Lord said, don't put them on. So I carried them. And then I thought, well, I'll put them on when I get to the car park. And I felt like the Lord said, don't put them on. And I was like, okay. So I we went to the bonefish, and I thought for sure they'd stop me because you're not allowed to go in without shoes. But nobody looked at my feet. So I just walked in without my shoes on and sat I, there. And, and I was shirtless, so we broke both you know, rules. It was, it was perfect. Um, and then came back, and I was chatting with Gary before I was supposed to speak. And I was just saying to him, like, I, I don't, you know, I went, recounted the whole, like, recounted the whole prophetic thing and the and um 
I was just like, you know, and I, and I feel like the Lord's saying, don't wear your shoes, but I don't know if I'm just making that up because maybe I want to seem religious or whatever. And Gary's like, that's not your heart. I mean, he was so encouraging. He's like, you're, you're not listening to the right voice, you know, in, in those perspectives. And, and I decided to speak on destiny and I really didn't know if I was going to make it through. I didn't know if I'd get my mouth open because right. remember that's what happened to begin with. I couldn't get my mouth to work on Sunday morning. Like I couldn't get my mouth open. I just stood there and cried. For ages, and nobody helped me. But anyway. I Instagrammed you. Thank you, darling. That's very helpful. You're welcome. Um, so anyway, uh, I got up to speak, and I thought both David and Gary had moved forward on their chairs. And I didn't realize in the background, Gary had already talked to Jeff about something, and they all had this thing planned. I just thought they were both sitting forward to show me like, we're here to help you if your mouth gets stuck again right. or whatever. So I was like, they're so sweet to sit forward like that. Like they're ready to come to my rescue. And so I did my message on basically walking in your destiny and agreeing with God. Right. That you, I, and I recant, like recounted the whole thing of like what Chris said, you know, you're never going to actually walk into your destiny unless you start agreeing with God. And so I just said something like, so I'm going to start agreeing with God. And I was getting ready to take it into a ministry time. And then Jeff stood up and said, uh, before you do that, we just want to do something else. And basically Gary had, before I ever went and talked to him or anything, had he had talked to David and he had talked to Jeff and said, I think we're supposed to anoint her as a prophet. And they all agreed. And so he had like oil ready and somebody had a towel so there wouldn't be oil on the well, that, carpet. Well, that was right. me. I was trying to be practical. Like, you're about to pour oil over her feet. It's going to go everywhere. Let's get some tarp. So we got tarp out that you were standing on, and somebody else came up. Another prophetic guy in our church said, I just feel like the Lord's saying, don't use the tarp. Right. Let the oil get on the carpet. So we were like, uh, okay. okay. So they anointed me, and David kept saying, you're a heart prophet. A heart prophet. And... um. You know, just revealing the Father's heart and whatever. And so I was like, oh, that's really cool. Anyway, I mean, I I wept through the whole thing. Um, but when I stepped away, like after they'd done my feet and all that kind of stuff, there was uh, an oil mark in the shape of a big heart on the on ground. The carpet, that yeah. A whole bunch of people came and took a picture of because it was like a perfect heart. I can probably find a picture and put it in the show notes. There you go. So, But none of that would have happened had you not actually believed God and reconciled it in your heart first. Mm -hmm. John Paul Jackson's got this great phrase. He says, if you have to tell people who you are, they'll never believe you. But when they tell you who you are, you'll never convince them otherwise. Right. So, you know, it was a no-brainer for us when all these prophets are coming through going, hey, you're a prophet, you're a prophet, you're a prophet. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Like the rest of your community were like, uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it feels weird, doesn't it? Because you're like, uh, am I the last person invited to this party? Yeah, I mean, it was funny with, with Chris because I remember getting in his face a little bit like two days later, like trying to sort of get him to back down, if, which is quite funny. Um, Good luck with that. Yeah. And I was like, well, why don't you define what you're talking about? Because I think we're probably talking about or thinking about two different things. And he's like, well, typically your prophet's going to raise other people, you know, raise prophetic teams, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the different, he's like, have vision for the church. You probably get dreams for the church, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I do all have those all those things. Yeah, yeah. And Jeff just sat there and laughed. He was just like, yep, she does that. That's what she does. Jeff so, is good at laughing. It was, it was pretty funny. But it's, 
I think what's helpful is when you're stepping out into your destiny to be able to talk to other people that have gone ahead of you absolutely, and bounce things off of them. Because if, if you can, like when you're going through things that you can't understand, to be able to actually talk to other people that have gone in front of you and just ask them, is this normal type Yeah, questions. and process with them. Go, mm-hmm. hey, this happens to me. Am I out to lunch? Mm-hmm. And then go, no, it's totally normal. Yeah. It's really, really, really helpful. Yeah, that's amazing, babe. I love that whole process. So important to believe God for you, you know, what God's saying about you. And and then watching everything unfold. I think that's amazing. It is amazing. But I think we should wrap this bad boy up. All right. I've got three <laughs> things for you. Oh. Our wonderful, beautiful listeners. We'd love it if you'd do us a favor. If you could go to iTunes and click on the leave feedback about this podcast, it hugely helps when iTunes continually receives positive reviews about a podcast. What happens is, it's a bit of a dark art the way iTunes works, but what I've noticed is that when people leave positive comments, um, they shift you up in their ranks. So it would be a huge blessing to us if you take some time. Go to iTunes, leave us some feedback about the podcast. We'd really, really appreciate that. You can find a link for that in the show notes. If you would like to ask us a question, if you'd like to suggest a topic, if there's something you would like us to talk about on our podcast, we would love to hear from you. If you go to Alan, A-L-Y-N, and AJ.com slash ask, it's a form that you can fill in and we will get your feedback and your questions. And then lastly, if you would like information about our School of Supernatural Life, which is an eight-month school, we would love it if you would come and spend eight months in sunny Franklin, Tennessee, where we will teach you how to hear the voice of God, we'll teach you how to prophesy, we'll teach you how to step into your destiny, teach you how to heal the sick, teach you uh, all about the wonderful nature of our Father God. Uh, if you go to schoolofsupernaturallife.org, you can find out information all about that. Our students are currently on their final week of outreach. We have students in Uganda, in Scotland, in Florida right now, no, Georgia, I beg your pardon, and uh, here in Tennessee. Uh, and ministering to the city of Nashville, and they come back in a week's time. If you are listening to this and you're a current student, we miss you terribly. We can't wait to see you. We can't wait to see you and hear all your stories next Monday. Thank you for joining us again this week. We love you guys. Have an incredible week, and we'll see you same place, same time next week. Yep.